Welcome to Branding Beauty, where beauty meets branding in a symphony of innovation and inspiration. I'm your host, Kira Lynch, and on this show, we deep dive into the dynamic world of beauty marketing. Join us each week as we unravel the stories behind the brands shaping the beauty industry, explore emerging trends, and chat with the visionaries who define the essence of beauty in our ever-evolving world. Get ready to uncover the secrets of successful branding in the beauty realm. This is Branding Beauty, where beauty gets a brand of its own. Okay, welcome back to Branding Beauty. We're on episode four, and Sarah, you're back with us. I am back this week. It feels nice to be back. I really missed you last week. I was like talking to myself, but I <laughs> I like got on the couch and I had a really, I took the pressure off. I didn't do any like video recording. So I was like, I'm not Gorge. sitting here looking at myself. Yeah. So I had like a really cozy on the couch with a blanket recording. It was nice. You know? I think, yeah, it kind of, it felt very like call her daddy, you know, when she is just on the couch really cozy <laughs> oh my it's like alex earl now because she records all her podcasts on her bed oh nice. and it's so cozy it's such a vibe it is a vibe it definitely makes it less formal i think yes and it resonates with a younger audience a bit better i think that's what i'm seeing from like the likes of mm. alex earl and alex cooper and all them is that they're doing so well with just the casual. I'm like, Kira, next week we'll have to hop on the bed. We'll have to hop on the bed, change the setup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it works, why not? How was last week? I know I never got to catch up with you about your trip. I know. I kind of, um, I spoke about it very briefly in last week's podcast episode, but it's like, you know, like we said, it's very different when you're just talking to yourself yeah. about a trip that you've been on. It feels a bit like, mm, this seems a bit <laughs> silly. Um, but yeah, oh my God, it was great. It was, um, I always find I love doing shoots and I love doing content days in general. Um, having them in another country is obviously a real big bonus. But like, no, like it, that's only beneficial for that client. Like every other yeah. client, I've been playing catch up since. Um, and it's like, it's hard to, I suppose, anticipate what can happen when you're out of the office for a couple of days, which is why I'm like <laughs> up in a heap. Um, yeah, and I'm a bit stressed because we've got a lot of deadlines at the minute, you know, that kind of way. But the trip itself, overall, 10 out of 10, it was amazing. Um, like, we shot the most stunning videos. Um, I think Neve and I are, like, really happy with them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what will come of those. But, yeah, it was just, it was really lovely to kind of go on a trip abroad as a team, I think. Oh my god, I can every time Neve put something on her stories, I would reply to them. I would be like, Oh my god, I'm so jealous. This looks stunning. Mm. It just I think it yeah. looked really, really lovely. And I think when you have such a nice team working with you as well, it probably it makes, makes it a hundred times better. Yeah, it just makes such a difference. Um Yeah, it was really good. It went so quickly. And also by the time I think we got back we were so tired and then I had so many emails that like I sometimes was even like just like quickly emailing clients to be like just want to let you know I've acknowledged this um and I don't have time to reply to all of the detail right now but I will get back to it as soon as I can but just want you to know I'm on it it was a lot of that like the last week but you know what like all of our clients are so lovely that like everyone gets it like it goes through busy periods um and then there could be months then in the summer where like no one wants to hear from us at all yeah that's true actually that's uh, sure I'm even August is a great month for that (laughs) I do love when it's I think I take it for granted when it's quiet because now like it's so busy and I feel like even because there was a bank holiday in Ireland yesterday or yesterday Monday so mm. I feel like I'm even playing catch up myself and I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to get yeah. this done? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's the one, the one disadvantage probably of the UK and Ireland having different 
bank holidays. So like yeah. I completely forgot that Ireland had a bank holiday. And my mom said something and I was like, oh yeah, the bank holiday. Uh, sure, this is the first time they've had a bank holiday in February. I know. I was so jealous. Yeah. I was like, I would love a bank holiday. Do you get me thinking though that they're going to start rolling in pretty soon? Like I think they are, don't the bank holidays all like kick off from March? Yeah, they do. Mm. And they're a blessing, but oh my God, they're really annoying as well because the week just is so short. They don't spread them out enough, I don't think. No, they don't. Not at all. But look, I won't I won't say no, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, they do just kind of like make your four day weeks then being like, oh, I have so much to do. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So much to do. Um, but yeah, we, we're back with a new episode. We've got... As we kind of mentioned, we have so much going on at the minute, all really great projects. We're also onboarding some new ones. I mentioned in last week's episode, we've got some availability just because we've shifted around some projects. We've got some availability to take on some content creation clients, which is really great. So we've got three spaces in March. So if anyone's interested, definitely get in touch either on our Instagram, which Sarah, I don't know if you've noticed you may have and then thought we're like oh maybe I'm making it up I changed our Instagram handle I didn't even notice it's a small it's a small small change I have to go look I've removed the dot oh have you so we're just social here agency now and you know why Uh, I did that this is like some some tea now for people who Oh, I don't think we've spoken about it on social. We have suffered the past couple of months with a lot of bot accounts coming onto our Instagram. And Sarah and I are like, what is it? What is, why, why is this happening? We're not connected to anything. Our clients aren't connected to anything. My thinking was, oh, maybe we've connected a client to something and this is what's happened. Or like we were, because we test a lot of like new services that come along just to see if they're actually like, if they work no surprise to anyone they don't um but you know it's part of our job to check these things and and know what's kind of going on but um we were getting a lot of bot accounts following us and like watching our stories and and all of this stuff and we couldn't figure it out and it's been a bit of an issue for us for like maybe the last two months I would say and it's been so lovely to uh hear that other people are actually I mean, it's not lovely, but it's nice to have like a shared problem where you realize, okay, it's not just me. This is actually happening to other people as well. So I had seen a couple of creators that I follow who also run agencies or who create content, um, like educational content around social, saying the same thing of like, oh my God, we're getting all these bot accounts like following us. So one of the girls that I really love her her content uh she put it up and I replied to her story and I was like have you found a solution for this because it's the most annoying thing and she was like no what I've done for the moment um which we actually did as well but we made she made her account private so we followed suit we made our account private which I hate doing because then you're like oh I just feel like you're limiting your opportunity to kind of get outreach on new content you're putting out um so I was like I think Sarah I think after a day I was like so I'm just gonna make it public again and you were like (laughs) okay (laughs) like what a waste but she came back to me um her name is Charlotte by the way um Charlotte came back to me and was like one thing I've managed to do which has seemed to have an impact is I changed my username and I was like that's brilliant because if your account is connected to anything obviously then it gets disconnected Mm -hmm. um so I was like brilliant so I've just changed our username ever so slightly but I think they've stopped I actually oh my gosh I really like it without the dot I think it looks a little bit more like professional and established I like it yes there was a reason we put a dot at the beginning I think I messed up and I set up two agency accounts (laughs) and I forgot the password to the other one but I think because it was so inactive they must have just got rid of it um so then when I tried to change it I was like "Ooh, 
we can do that. So yeah, the dot's gone. We're in a new era. We and Kira, I must say the feed is looking stunning. Thank you so much. Oh my god. I I got a bit playful with it. Um what's the latest? We've been we've actually been pumping out content. Well, I didn't post yesterday, but other than that, Sarah, we've been quite good at our marketing calendar. I'm trying to practice what I preach because we do this for all our clients. I'm like, kind of need to do it for ourselves. But yeah, I I'm really the, pleased. I loved the mob wife. I loved the blog post, oh but the carousel as well. It was such a vibe. I loved writing that. I thought it was, um, do you know what? Just a bit different. And I kind of like, as much as I love talking about beauty and case studies and things like that, I find sometimes that these trends, they're just a little bit fun and different. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you for the feedback. If anyone else has any, I would love to know that we're creating content that people actually like. That's always like the main thing, really. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really liked that piece, writing that piece. And you're going to be writing some content for us. I am. I'm really looking forward, actually, to just like the whole team pitching in and getting that going. Because like the team element is so important, I think it plays an important part of any agency that you're in. So I think it'll be nice to like hear from all of us because we all have our own, I guess, expertise and we all kind of have our own way of writing and, and coming across and stuff. So I'm looking forward to having my piece go out. Yeah, same. And yours, um... I always love like your take on things as well. It's even like when we talk about these things on the podcast, I think they're, yeah, we always have like similar views, but kind of maybe come at it from different angles almost, um, which is always really interesting. And I think today's topic is kind of like similar to that. I know you put it forward when we were planning out the season. Um, So yeah, do you want to introduce it? Absolutely. So today's episode, we are going to talk all about de-influencing in the world of beauty. I feel like de-influencing has become a massive trend, I want to say, in the last year or so. And we're definitely going to see it grow going forward. I think the era Mm. of influencers and constantly selling is gone. And I do think that's down to gen z and just the way we are and we don't really want to be sold to anymore yeah i think it's um i agree with it i i also find as well that it's just it's such a saturated market i mean influencers now are kind of in yeah there's just so many of them and i think everything is like you're being sold to sold to sold to so it just doesn't look a very overused word I'm gonna say but like it doesn't look authentic or like it's at the point where I just I just it don't believe it and we're gonna talk about a couple of examples of I think why people got to that point today um but yeah it's like it really would take a lot for me to be convinced about a product at this stage and I think people are just a bit sick of it to be honest with you like this is the best ever um one of the really great things I think about why maybe this has started a little bit as well um, is if you look at social media strategies and like what kind of gets people's attention, it's always like saying something that's a bit controversial or yes. something that's a bit against the grain. And so I think with the whole kind of topic of de-influencing, it leads to that. So I think maybe some people kind of started with it to be like, oh this will kind of grab people's attention you know when we talk about that like one to three second hook but I think it's actually taken on a life of its own for many other reasons as well oh my god it absolutely has and that's why when we were planning this this whole podcast season two I was like we have to talk about de-influencing yeah because it is just such a big topic and we could go on for ages about it but we'll try and stick to our main points today I think Yes, we're going to try have a, a short but um impactful episode, I think, today. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. Well, I guess in 2023, influencers were completely indistinguishable from like the Hollywood celebrities that we see today. If we look at Madeline White, she was a really important guest at last year's Grammy Awards, even Charlie mm. D'Amelio. 
Forbes, I think, has included her like twice in its top seven highest paid TikTok stars, which is massive. Wow. And I mean, she's only what, 19 or 20? She's so young. Yeah, it's crazy. But influencing is definitely one of the most covetable, not to mention lucrative jobs out there. And beauty content creators in particular have their followers completely hooked. And in the past year, the likes of Michaela Naguera, Meredith Duxbury, Alex Earl, of course, have completely solidified their influence on millions and millions of people with their get ready with me's their makeup tutorials skincare roundups they're completely flooding our feeds i love alex earl's get ready with me's i think she's done such a good job at this whole de-influencing and yeah making video content a lot more casual yeah i think so i love the uh get on ready with me do you know it's like um so get ready with me feels like it's more clothes and uh, makeup and then get unready then is more like uh, skincare, which I love. Oh my God, totally. And I think their yeah. really popular influencer recommendations have propelled hundreds of makeup, skin and hair products to completely viral status. If we look at the Dior Addict Lip Glow Oil, Rare Beauty, their iconic like liquid blushes, and even mm. the likes of like Summer Fridays and brands that we've mentioned before, yeah, they completely sell out quickly. But I do think that TikTok has brought around this trend of de-influencing, and all of that whole influencing thing could definitely come crashing down and is coming crashing down quite quickly. Yeah, I think as well. Um. Charlotte Tilbury which I know we did is actually one of our most download and listen to episodes mm-hmm. of Branding Beauty but when we did the Charlotte Tilbury case study we spoke a lot about their strategy and what re- really works for them and I always kind of refer to them as a brand that exploded out of nowhere but I think they invested quite heavily into this influencer um model as like as part of their marketing strategy as well as ads and their own content and and all of that but I I remember me being influenced by all of this and I was like oh my god I need the um I need it all like now again I say it probably every time we do a case study or, or mention a brand I strongly will stand by like Charlotte Tilbury products do work and I think they're great um so yeah I think where this has kind of come from as well with de-influencing is like some of the products that are being pushed out and then they don't work and you're like oh my god you become a bit skeptical then um with what to actually believe Mm -hmm. oh my god you do like the hashtag de-influencing has 151.5 million TikTok views and over there you'll basically spot a lot of beauty creators uncovering like the truth about those game-changing moisturizers, the serums, the concealers, the blushes, everything and I guess instead of going on about how incredible they are and how you need to buy them they're actually recommending what not to buy or maybe they're letting their followers in on more affordable dupes, which I think is always quite nice as well. I love a dupe. Me too. And there's so many good ones out there. Did you see on the dupes uh, side of things that uh, Annie Annie McManus? Annie Mac. Annie Mac. Annie McManus. Why am I calling her that? (laughs) Do you know what it was? She was literally just on the radio and she said Annie McManus. Annie Mac, the DJ. Um, I don't actually follow her on TikTok, but she did come up on my FYA or my For You page. Yeah. Um, about how she was like, I'm convinced that Nivea cream is a dupe for like that. was it creme de la mer? Yes. And then um that kind of went viral. And then I saw, was it like a a lab technician then took both of the products looked at the ingredients like tested them against each other and while they're not like exact matches they are very very close um so yeah that's a dupe that I will 100 100 be getting involved in I've actually (laughs) used that cream before it is gorgeous for your skin yeah yeah if you have really dry skin I feel like it just works wonders I remember using it last summer after I got burnt and oh my god it was like a game changer it was so good oh 
that's so interesting. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to pick some up, I think. Because I've never used creme de la mer, but obviously people do rave about it. Oh my God. Yeah, they do. And it's like, what's like 200 euro or something? It's really expensive. Really expensive. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that's a little dupe that we can get on board with. Oh my God. Absolutely. Do you know, actually last week after we did the Sol de Janeiro podcast episode, you know, a few days later, I went to Brown Thomas and I had a smell of the bum bum cream. Oh yeah. Oh, so good. Was it? I did see really it in the good. airport when I was coming back from France. And I was like, mm, do I, do I not? And I was like, do you know what? I didn't get it just because I was in a rush and yeah. all of that. And yeah, I had to pick up some other bits and pieces. And I was like, today's not a like a treat yourself day. Um, so, but I, I do think I will go back and, and try it out. Oh my God, it's so good. I'm waiting for it to go on sale actually so I can pick it up because it is quite expensive. Yeah, I think as well when it's a product that you kind of are testing, it's always kind of good to get it when there's like a, a sale. So it's a, yeah. like a nice intro. But then I think if I'm into a product, then I don't mind spending the money. True. That is true, actually. But yeah, for the first time, it can be a bit, um, bit spenny. But also, I forgot to mention, Sol de Janeiro liked our I saw content. That. Oh, and then I God. shared a story and then they DM'd me with like the crying, like emojis. Oh, really? Like, oh, yeah. So, and, and that's, another example of fantastic community management this is why there are case studies because they reach out to like little old me and stuff and I'm like oh my god they know who I am you feel like you're on top of the world I can imagine you were like oh my god they've replied oh my god it's like I had a zoom meeting with them like that's how it felt (laughs) like yeah I'm really in there with the team like so I could probably get some products sent but yeah no I loved that um but sorry I'm getting sidetracked you're grand don't worry about it basically de-influencing is completely leading the revolution against beauty influencers who post misleading reviews and they also promote overconsumption, which is a huge thing in the beauty industry at the moment it's absolutely no secret that a lot of us spend a high amount of money on beauty products and the global beauty industry market is valued at $511 billion, which is absolutely wow. massive. Yeah. Influencers, they make a great deal of money from all of these beauty recommending products. And mm-hmm. whether organically or through sp- sponsored posts, the influencer market as a whole is reported to reach $17.4 billion by the end of it was actually the end of 2023 so it's kind of scary actually when you look at those stats I remember looking at them yesterday and I was just like it's a huge market oh my god it's insane sorry my cat has also joined the pod recording (laughs) um so you might hear her in the background but yeah it's it look it's insane and I think I always when I was working on the brand side of things, I used to always, you know, when when influencers wanted, like, with their rates, a certain amount of money, and you'd be like, okay, but, like, can you justify that? Like, can yeah. you, have you got proof on, like, sales or, like, how other brands have done, like, f- as a result of working with you? And it'd be like, no, no, you're just paying for awareness on my channel. Um... And I just used to think that was crazy. I'm like, so we're not looking at any return on investment here. I just, and I don't think that, I think brands are getting a bit sick of that. I think Um, so. But that's even why like the whole UGC thing is coming into play a lot more because it's more affordable for a brand. But then I also think it works better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And the brands started to get sick of it and now you're kind of seeing like okay the the people are actually getting sick of it as well it's just a case of like you know some influencers have done this really well where they don't oversaturate themselves they stay true to what they actually like um I think you know love her or hate her she is definitely uh an influencer that divides people but I think Lydia Lise Millen is a great example of somebody who has 
been true to what she likes what she doesn't like and um I also say that as somebody who was a brand who like would like send products out to her um and sometimes she would be like do you know what actually I don't want to try those products because I'm working with this brand I really like this brand and want to be genuine to this brand and stuff like that I think she has done a really great job so it's funny like sometimes I love her content and then other times I'm a bit like oh that didn't really hit the mark for me um but I do take her product recommendations some influencers just say yes to everything and Mm -hmm. everything's an ad like dare I say I'm going to give another example okay and I love this influencer if we can call her that I feel like she's more like a lifestyle creator but I absolutely do not buy into any product that Vogue Williams tells me about Oh, that's a statement. It is, but I just feel like it's ad after ad after True. ad after ad. And I'm like, I don't need, I just feel like you're fully doing it for yeah. the money. I don't know if I believe what you're saying. I know that's controversial. It is controversial. I know. Will it make the final edit? We'll Sarah? put we this don't out. Know. We'll have to put this out on TikTok. Tag her at Vogue Williams. I know. I know. Do you know what it is? I think like. I like and I'm not saying this about her own products because I've actually not tried Bear by, by Vogue um but I have heard from other people that her products are that that's actually an incredible tan I just feel like every every post every second post on her Instagram not her stories mind you but when she is talking about something in an ad format that's what I mean yeah. I don't mean like her genuine or general everyday stuff I get I you. think her ad content I'm like I'm a bit more skeptical okay I told her do you know who I actually mm. love and I don't think she's changed at all since she started like 10 11 years ago is Zoe Sugg oh yeah do you know what oh. she doesn't really come up on my radar so much really I mean she does mm. I think she's definitely taken a step back since she had her second baby I think in December or something but yeah I feel like I've always I mean what nine ten year old me watching her on youtube when i was younger i always took her her product recommendations yeah and i'd try them but even now like in the last two years or so when she has recommended a product i think everything is very genuine about her and even like if we look Mm. at her style of content over the last 10 11 years i get the same feeling every time i watch one of her videos it hasn't changed there's always Mm. like cozy vlogs and she makes you feel really comfortable and at home and very relatable in some ways I think but I think she does a really good job at promoting products she'll only promote I mean she says she'll only promote products that she loves yeah and I just think she's a really good example of someone who maybe hasn't changed that much I also think what's happened with some influencers is as they get bigger obviously they can start to charge more money yeah I find then when they start to get a bit more money obviously their lifestyle elevates to a certain degree and then they start spending money on things that are like high-end designer products or they move into these mansions and they get these incredible cars and I'm not saying that they shouldn't do that I mean I would probably do that but I think when your brand is about being relatable and your audience isn't on that kind of journey with you anymore it becomes a little bit unrelatable um I've seen it with like some influences that I would have religiously watched and now I'm a bit like where are your Zara hauls like where are your (laughs) you know relatable content like your Ikea hacks and your you know like I won't say anymore because then I'll be going into like a specific influencer and it'll be like all right Kira but like it's just yeah it gets to the point where you're like I don't know what your content is giving me anymore and when you can't relate to someone you're you're just going to stop watching them it's as simple as that yeah which is slightly off the topic of de-influencing but I also feel like it's an important point because I feel like it's kind of as the influencer marketing industry is evolving, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how we've gotten to de-influencing as well. This is actually totally off topic as well, but I just thought I'd mention it to you. Did you see Tanya Burr close down her beauty brand? No, I did not. Yeah. 
she closing any... Down. I, I don't think she gave a reason. I literally just saw it on TikTok this morning. It must have come out maybe a week or two ago. But she's completely closed it down. I feel like she's another influencer that has maybe like... Not really kept her audience with her on the journey. Yeah. No, she definitely... I think it's when her and Jim split. It just... Did you ever see the, I still the find meme that. about I still... the dog? Oh my god yes what was the dog's name <laughs> i can't remember it was a little sausage dog it was so cute <laughs> yeah, they were all oh like god. what happened to the dog uh, what did happen to the dog <laughs> do you know what i also think about this with like what happened to the dog that they got in the hills oh do you my remember god, the hills yeah. with lauren <gasps> i loved that show what happened to heidi's dog in season one when yeah. her and jordan broke up what happened to the dog <laughs> They had a cat at one stage. I'm Martha. Like, Where's the cat? That's, Martha. That's the dog's yes. name. What happened to Martha? Yeah, I saw Sherlock's, I think, did something on that as well, um, which is quite <laughs> funny. But yeah, what did happen? What happened to the pets? I saw someone say that about the Kardashians as well. At one point, they had loads of dogs. And they're yes. like, what's the dogs? It's so weird. I know the dogs just like don't make it for the new season, and that's the no. end of that. Oh my god, no. Yeah. Anyway, Kira, do you want to talk us through the whole topic of is de-influencing a good thing or is it not a good thing? Yeah, for sure. So I suppose looking at what some of the experts are saying about de-influencing, I think they were there's an overall feeling that it was going to bound to happen sooner or later. I think for all of the reasons that we've mentioned, I think it was kind of going to be a case of it was going to happen at some stage. Um, so Trina Albus, who is a marketer, digital content creator and beauty expert with 25 years of experience, she told Refinery29 that TikTok users value authenticity and they're not afraid to call anyone out if they feel they're being inauthentic. And I think that's also very true to, I think... Instagram is definitely more of a negative space. In my experience as a user on both of the platforms, I find Instagram can definitely be a bit more negative um, with like troll accounts. I feel like TikTok's a little bit more of a positive place, but people are not afraid to tell you how they feel. Absolutely not. And I, that's what that's kind of what I love about TikTok as well is the authenticity aspect and the realness yeah. and how you can't just kind of say or do whatever you want. Yeah, I, it's you have a lot more freedom I think Instagram is very um would you say conservative or you're more refined or whatever but on TikTok and I guess that's because it's a video platform as well it's just a little different yeah and I find that like there is a sense on Instagram that everybody feels like they have a brand yes it's like yeah. my brand on Instagram like you have your aesthetic you mm -hmm. have you know, what you put on your feed versus what you put on your stories. You have a color scheme. Like, it's a brand where so it feels like, oh, is that a bit off brand for me to do this? Yeah. Whereas like on TikTok, it's kind of like this feeling of, it could be anonymous. Like, oh, no one will see it if I put it on TikTok. I don't know. It's less um, pressure, I guess. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's so funny because like, um, a lot of like my some of my friends and family like wouldn't follow me on TikTok so I feel like I don't know the way like sometimes you'd be like oh I won't put that up now that could be a little bit <laughs> yeah. I'd be cringe like if someone from some so, saw that and then like Tom my partner would have seen like a TikTok that I would have put up and I can just hear my voice and I'm like oh my god turn it off turn yeah. it off <laughs> yeah do you ever get like that oh my god I'm always like that I, I feel like I always have to think twice as well about what I post on Instagram. I think I think yeah. too much about it. Whereas on TikTok, even though I have I have everything in my drafts, like I just draft everything, but I can, I feel a lot more, I don't know, is it comfortable or at yeah. ease recording? It's just, I don't know, it's easier. Mm. It's so strange. I do agree with you in that sense. Okay, so kind of coming back to the inauthentic comment, they also go on to, she also goes on to say, that this exact 
situation occurred with beauty influencer Michaela Naguera, I believe is how you say her surname. But um, Michaela, you know, the makeup artist, she has like 14.4 million followers on TikTok. That's definitely the platform that I know her from. She doesn't really come up too much for me on Instagram. But she was in a paid collaboration with L'Oreal to promote their Paris telescopic lift mascara but was was actually accused of wearing false lashes while actually recording the paid content some of her followers were convinced that she had enhanced her look with Ardell Wispy's false eyelashes and plenty felt that they had been lied to in response to a follower who accused her of denying wearing false lashes Michaela wrote these comments are literal proof that this mascara is the shit so she did like try and turn it around but do you remember this video and do you remember like I remember this so well this blew up this was everywhere this was the only thing that was on my for you page during that I would say week it lasted for like a whole week and the funny thing is I was actually looking at buying that mascara at the time and then I think a day later I saw that video and I saw all the negativity around it and I was like oh might have to double think this yeah oh my god it was massive yeah, it's funny because mascara isn't really something that I feel like I could be influenced by. But I think what's funny about this is like no matter what, the brand, you know, all press is good press, isn't it? Like the brand awareness is mm-hmm. like you definitely got the name out there. For me, this is where I think the turn of kind of um, definitely when this happened. So I feel like it was about a year ago. Yeah. Um. I was like oh this is like the end I thought she was going to be cancelled but like also there's something quite admirable in the brazenness of just plowing on like it never happened like she did it's the shit um I do think she was wearing eyelashes it kind of did look like it I'm not gonna lie yeah it definitely did another um example along these lines that kind of springs to mind is Millie Bolly Molly <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown, who most people will probably know her from being eleven in Stranger Things. But you know the way she launched that um skincare brand, Florence Mills? Yes. My God. And there's the videos of her and like she's like putting it on, but like she's actually not putting it on her face <laughs> at all. It's so blatant that she's not using the skincare. And she's going out there promoting and selling it and being in the face of it. And it just did not land for me. No, I remember that too. And she's gone very quiet with that brand since, actually. Mm. I wouldn't hear much about that. Even her makeup, the makeup side and stuff, you wouldn't hear much about her anymore. Yeah, she's definitely kind of gone off the radar a little bit. I think she kind of got married. She's engaged to Jake Bon Jovi, isn't she? She's only like 20 Mm. or something. She's so young. (laughs) She is so young. But I think, again, kind of coming back to like Michaela and the the eyelash scandal or the mascara scandal this kind of thing isn't really dismissed or let go on tiktok and i think it really does kind of bring into question from viewers whether they can truly trust somebody or a creator and i think this is where de-influencing has played a role they're like actually do you know what we really want to focus in on the truth and kind of give like those genuine recommendations like you mentioned um so tiktokers have coined the controversy mascara gate and saying that she would have actually not that she would have actually broken any of the laws but i think this is where it kind of leads into a responsibility that you have as a creator to share honest reviews um I love that in Ireland now they've kind of brought in that advertising standard of if you are connected to a brand or you're being paid for it or you have a relationship with them because it's not always clear it really isn't always clear it's funny like I I was like looking at a few people and they'd be like promoting things on their stories and then it's like add my business or add my products or add my this and I'm like okay and for me right I kind of don't know the line because I'm not based in Ireland but I work with Irish businesses so I'm like I don't know it feels like a bit of a knobby thing to to do like like my business that part (laughs) is when you have to do like hashtag own brand or something I'm like okay 
that's a yeah. bit that that is a bit far I think because I'm not in Ireland obviously mm-hmm. I work with Irish people and Irish brands and stuff but the conversation isn't so crazy here but is it still quite topical at home you will get called out if you do not put a hashtag on your post you are going to get called out and blasted everywhere oh my god but that's always been a thing here though I think like yeah people are very quick to pick up on things and I think that's because Irish people were just nosy in general and we kind of like to be on top of it all so it's just a thing where we would call it out it's definitely a good thing to kind of like be giving people like honest opinions on things but I think as well for a long time I don't know about the UK but here in Ireland there was a lot of like people wouldn't say I'm doing an ad for this Mm. brand and it would be a lot of false reviews and stuff and yeah I think that was a big thing here for a long time so I guess it is a good thing now that you do have to put hashtag whatever on your posts but I don't know is that going to completely stop things either I know it's so and it's, it's a difficult one to monitor really it is it? I I do see like the regulatory bodies I think are getting more sophisticated and definitely better at kind of cracking down on it I feel like a few years ago it was like it was a lawless land and you could do and say anything you want yeah but I think after time with everything um like rules are brought in and you have to be on it a little bit more yeah I I find it is getting a little bit better now and I think because I work in the industry there's things that you hear kind of like there's certain influencers I'm not naming names but there are certain influencers that definitely don't put their ads it's a UK influencers that definitely are not transparent about things and I have heard that they are being cracked down on so whether it's um big fines a lot of influencers well not a lot but like some of the bigger ones in the UK are definitely getting fines they're definitely being kind of slapped on the wrists okay in way like you know hitting them with where it hurts financially like you know making them pay fines so it's not necessarily things that we might not see but but I can I know that those things are happening oh it's such a tricky you could literally do a whole podcast episode on that actually I think that would be a Mm. really good one but it is such a tricky field to try and navigate. It is. It is because how can you, well, I think the regulatory bodies are actually, like with the bigger creators, I think they're going to the brands and being like, mm. look, we're seeing this person is talking about your brand a lot. Are you paying for them? Are you yeah. sending it out? Like what? what is the deal? I feel like those conversations are happening because you can't just go to someone and be like, you're not saying ad, you're not like disclosing that. And then they're like, I bought these products you know it's like you have to have all your all your facts before you kind of go down that route with somebody but yeah I'd say like so much goes on oh my god I see but do you ever see um on like an Instagram stories or whatever they're like oh I'm getting paid to promote this but these are totally my own views I'm like are they yeah or you see people who are like I do work with this brand but this is not part of that yes yeah I'm like hmm sure I don't know I believe like it, it and I think again it kind of comes back to the type of creator that you are mm-hmm. are you are you genuine and I think that kind of becomes part of your brand like you sure. know if you have spent years being true to the products that you like I think Retro Flame actually does a really yes. great job oh, with this her. yeah she's an Irish creator based in New York love her content I think she has done a really great job of actually bigging brands up that she really likes. You can tell that she kind of goes for like smaller brands, but also like bigger ones. So there's a really nice mix. And also I've kind of heard her be honest about things she's tried and not liked. And I think that's the key. It's like not everything can be amazing. Not everything can be the best product you've ever tried. And if you focus on as a creator building that with your audience, that's where paid collaborations actually are more successful. Do you know who I love actually who does a really good job at that? Her name is Tara. She's from Cork. Her Instagram handles and stuff is Tarmar. Oh love my her. God, she's so good. I love she's her. She's moving back to Cork, isn't she? She is, yeah. I think, she's I think home. she could be back. I think she could I think be back, she Sarah. is home. Oh my God, I love her. And I love her, yeah. her YouTube videos. I think the style of content, 
everything about her you can just tell she's just 100% genuine do you know what with her it kind of feels like it almost doesn't feel like it's her full-time job it's like it's like a side gig for her so you do have just a kind of peek into her now it is her full-time job but that's what I mean it's it's so authentic that it's almost like she doesn't need to do it she's just kind of like likes creating videos and I think yeah that's where it feels more genuine and I think as well in a world where like you constantly maybe feel like you have to have the best of everything and you have to have the designer thing and and all of this kind of thing. I think she does a really good job of promoting the smaller brands or maybe like indie brands or she's like, you don't have to have like designer this, designer that. Mm. You can have good products that maybe aren't as known worldwide and you'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, she's all, she's really into quality of products she as well, is, isn't she? Yeah. Then there's some Irish creators that we love. But yeah, I suppose kind of like going forward, Sarah, what do you think maybe is going to be like a de-influencing over the next like 12 to 18 months? Because I don't think it's going to get smaller. I actually think that this is going to become a bigger topic. I think particularly around like sustainability as well. Like people don't want to be continuously buying all these products they're kind of more focusing in on products that actually work and I do think that yeah there's a a, I suppose a sustainability element to everything here for sure like I think as you said overconsumption is a massive thing so I think we're going to see a lot of people crack down I'm even noticing myself now every time I go to buy a beauty product or piece of clothing or whatever I'll do massive amounts of research beforehand and I'm over and back I'm like "Mm, should I should I not I'm looking up things and then I'll kind of make my mind up it probably takes me a week or two to decide if I want to get something or not and I think I maybe don't listen to influencers as much anymore which I kind of like because I think probably for a while I was so invested in oh my god this person has this I need to get it Whereas now I think I'm like, okay, I'm going to research products that I actually like and I'm going to, I go into store, I'll test it out, whatever. And I'm not really led, I guess, by an influencer anymore. I kind of sell the product to myself. Maybe I'm my own influencer in a way. I love but that. But I, I think de-influencing is going to continue to be a massive thing. It's just, it's just the age we're living in. De-influencing... Yeah. <clears throat> product placement I know that's a whole other topic but that's going to be a massive thing that's going to come into play as well this year and I think people just don't want to be sold to anymore they don't want the pressure of having to go out and buy the next incredible product do you know what I mean so I I think it's going to video content whatever is just going to become a lot more casual going forward and I'm actually really looking forward to that because you're just not going to be under pressure to have the best thing anymore which is nice no, I love that. I love that you said you're your own influencer. I mean, <laughs> that's not a good goals. thing, though. <laughs> that's goals. <laughs> oh my, oh my god! Oh, sorry, the cat ripped out my headphones there. Um, yeah, no. I look. I completely agree with everything you said. I won't harp on and repeat it. I think the only thing I wanted to add is I think with influencer marketing and this whole kind of trend of de-influencing. I agree that, you know, we're not looking to influencers for to almost like convince us. But what I think is great is like they sometimes like will put a product on your radar. But actually the consumer decision has changed into exactly like you've said, you're doing your research, seeing if that product is more for you and if it's going to be right for your skin or for like what you kind of want to do with your beauty um, and like fashion as well I think more so than ever I'm so not looking at influencers for beauty or for fashion inspiration me neither and you know I've completely cut down on the amount of clothes that I'm buying mm, which yeah. is insane and, and that's really good for the environment it is so it is. if we wanted to conclude if the influencing was a good route to go down or if we're kind of happy that it's happening from my side I think yes oh my god 100% yes and I think any UGC creator influencer whatever try out that style of content yeah 
see if it works for you yeah I think we'll wrap it up on the topic for today there's so much more you could talk about but I think we've kind of covered the main points if anyone who's listening is feeling really passionate about this project as well definitely let us know I think we'll probably be touching on this in many other episodes to come because it does feel like it kind of crosses a lot of different parts of like strategy and what brands are doing or trends that are happening so yeah I think it's going to be a big one to look out for. Next step now is to do a vox pop on the street and ask people how they feel. Oh, Sarah, that's a great yeah. one. Maybe we could do that in Dublin. When we're I think that would be so weeks. cool. Oh my God. Get the mini mics on charge. <laughs> <laughs> the team are coming. <laughs> They'll be sick of us. Watch nobody come up to us. I know. I'd be like, Sarah, I think you should go over to that person over there. Go on, go on, go on. I'll film you. <laughs> oh god that would be so funny Sarah lovely to have you back lovely to be back and as always we'll be back next week I'm just gonna have a quick look at what our next topic is oh next week is gonna be a chunky one we're gonna be talking about AI (laughs) (laughs) that's a good way to describe it it's gonna be a chunky one we're gonna be talking about ai in the beauty industry and also we'll have um this is also kind of blends into some of the articles that we've got coming up as well so we'll have lots of examples both like online and i think how ai is kind of coming into retail as well yeah so yeah gonna be gonna be a really good one sarah thank you for joining us thank you i'm so happy to be back and i guess i'll see you in next week's episode see you next week thank you for joining us on today's episode in the world of beauty and branding if you've enjoyed this episode and want to stay in the loop with all things branding beauty here's how you can show your love subscribe to our podcast on your preferred platform to ensure you never miss an episode filled with insights and stories from the beauty industry if you find value in today's discussion we would truly appreciate it if you could take a moment to leave us a review Your feedback fuels our passion and helps us reach even more beauty enthusiasts like yourself. Don't keep all this beauty wisdom to yourself. Share branding beauty with your friends, family and fellow beauty aficionados. Let's build a community of beauty lovers together. For the latest updates and behind the scenes glimpses, follow us on social media at sociallykira.agency. We're always sharing exciting content, so be sure to join the conversation. 